Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing uh, another pod for pretty much Mavs rumors and NBA Finals and maybe other rumors um, going on around the NBA. Uh, But I guess what we will start with is the Mavs rumors going around and unfortunately there's really not a lot to talk about on that um, subject there's not really anything to um, that's going on I, I did see that uh, the Utah Jazz wanted to interview uh, that Sean Sweeney for their head coach um, I think it was Utah but uh you know, I, I think one day that guy probably will be a coach. Um, I I really hope that it's not next year. I'd, I'd like to see him continue to, you know, be the one of the assistants on the team. I know that's kind of being a little selfish, but I just think the Mavs need him for another season. Um, <clears throat> you know, that... They really improved on their defense this year. I think that's something they can improve on next year, especially if, um, especially if they can bring in another quality player. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to do that, but um, you know, the only sort of rumor going around is uh, John Collins supposedly is available now. John Collins has been available, I feel like, for the last two or three years, um, as far as rumors are concerned. I always thought it was interesting that he re-signed with Atlanta. You know, he, he was unhappy, then he was happy, then he's unhappy, and then he's... And it's just, it's funny, it's kind of non-stop. Um, you know, I know some people have mentioned him as a big for the Mavericks um, you know, I don't, I think John Collins is better when he's playing the four, uh, you know, and I still think if you get John Collins, you got to bring in a five, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, JaVel McGee or I guess Mo Bamba or whatever, but if, if you're going to. If you're going to trade for uh, John Collins, I, you know, you, I, I think you do have to bring in a five. You, I don't think he's a five. I, I think he's, I think he's a four, and I think, you know, he he doesn't have the defense that you need rim protection wise, and you know, he's he's playing. He plays with you know Clint Capella, obviously. So even Atlanta starts him at the four. So. I think I would like to see. Uh, I think I would like to see them go after Zach Levine first. I think he should be the number one target for uh, the Mavericks. Um, whether or not it's realistic, I don't know. You know, uh, you know, he, he's going to have a lot of people going after him. I think John Collins will have a lot of teams going after him as well. Uh, so I, I hope the Mavericks can figure something out and improve their team. I, I just don't think 
going into next year with the current team they have is realistic in accomplishing a lot, you know. If if they 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 have to sign a big no matter what. If you don't sign a big, you're just you know pretty much conceding the the year because you, you can't protect the rim. You know, you can win some games in the regular season without one. You can get away with it sometimes, but I just I just want them to get something of quality and not spend too much. So um I think as a sort of somewhat preview, I, I think next year's and I've brought this up before, I think next year's Western Conference is gonna be so much better than this year's. And people thought that the East was better this year than the West, and I, I didn't think so. I thought maybe the bottom of the East had more depth than the bottom of the West, and you could argue that, but I thought when it came to the top six teams, you know, I thought the West was better. But next year, I, I just think the West is going to be even more difficult uh, with, you know, you're going to have hopefully Zion there in New Orleans and you're getting it a full season of CJ McCollum and stuff like that. You're going to have Kawhi and Paul George probably a full season. Plus, I think they get a draft pick, a top 10 draft pick. Um, you know, the Spurs, if the Spurs are able to steal a player like, you know, John Collins or, you know, Zach Levine or DeAndre Ayton, um, that that's only going to make them better. Uh, you know, the the Utah Jazz are the one team that uh, I'm curious to see what happens with. Uh, you know, if they if they lose Rudy Gobert, I, I think that's real big on, like, huge when it comes defensively. Uh, you know, they're going to need more from a guy like Whiteside who has, in the past, had kind of motivational problems you know it's been hard to get him motivated to play 82 games because he, he sort of slacks off halfway through the season but um you know utah could be one of those teams that falls in the standings depending on what kind of moves they make uh you know if they if they're able to turn gobert into something impressive like a zach levine then that changes you know if there's some sort of sign and trade with Chicago, and they the Chicago brings in Rudy Gobert, and they trade Zach Levine to Utah, now that's that changes things. Utah's still a good team. Now they're not going to be as good defensively in the paint, but they're going to score a lot of points. I think they were the number one offense last year. Uh, they'd pretty much be the number one offense again if you you are able to get. Um, somebody like Zach Levine in there. So that would be interesting. Um, you know, Memphis is just going to be better because they're going to be older. Uh, Memphis just needs to get older. I mean, that's more experience. They finished with the second seed. They're still going to be good next year. Phoenix will be good. Uh, Golden State's going to have um, – now, I don't know how much Wiseman might play. At some point, he's going to have to play. But, you know, you're going to have a couple guys that – uh, and Kaming and Moody that you let play this year, and they're probably going to have a bigger role next year. 
as far as Jordan Poole is concerned, I, I, I need to look real quick. I was thinking I heard that he was a free agent um, coming up, and I don't know if that's right or not, but I can look as far as, you know, they have um, these lists of top free agents. You know, it's... Zach Levine's an unrestricted. Bradley Bill has a player option. James Harden has a player option. DeAndre Ayton's restricted. Um, Jalen Brunson is the second best unrestricted in this ranking. Um, Valanchunas is a guy who's unrest- unrestricted that he might could actually help a team like Dallas, especially the way Dallas plays um, in the half court. I don't know how good his offense is, but he does have the rebounding. Um, I don't know how much he's going to want. Nurkic is another guy that could help. But um, I don't see Jordan pull on here, so my guess is he's not a free agent. Um, I'm, I guess I was wrong about that. I, I thought I had saw him um, as a free agent. Uh, Gary Payton II is a free agent. And... Uh, Looney's another guy who's an unrestricted guy, but he, I, I just assume Looney will be resigned. Um, Hartenstein is a, a guy that some people have brought up as a low-key signing for a team like Dallas to, you know, take care of, yeah, basically replace Powell, but I don't think you want Hartenstein as your starting center. I would take him as a backup over Powell, but I, I just... I think you need better than that. Um, you know, Montrez Harrell's an unrestricted guy, but I think he's a bench guy. I, I don't know. Um, you know, JaVel McGee, I've brought up. Andre Drummond, uh, I've brought up. He's a, or I haven't brought up, but JaVel McGee, I brought up. But Andre Drummond's unrestricted free agent. Uh, that would be interesting. Whiteside is an unrestricted free agent as well, so. Um, Thomas Bryant. So there are some bigs. DeMarcus Cousins. I guess da- Dallas could have had DeMarcus Cousins um, if they wanted him last year. Nobody. He was a, a not on a team. Um, Golden State had, does have a few players. Uh, they, in like Toscano Anderson and Bielitsa and Looney. So they are going to have to uh, have some decisions. Now, a couple things that I noticed, like, Drogic is one of them, and Sadoransky. You know, those are two guards you could consider if you had to. If if you're going to make a move to, let's say, bring in um, Zach Levine, you've got to trade like Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I think the. Like signing a guy like Sadoransky or. Dragic could really, you know, may help you for a, a guard coming off the bench, and that's something that uh, I, I figure the Mavericks will probably look at. They'll probably look at Dragic more than anyone. Miles um, Bridges is a restricted free agent. I'd love to have Miles Bridges. I think Miles Bridges would help this team a lot, but you would have to pay a lot for him. Um, you could probably pull off a sign and trade with. With Charlotte doing that, uh, as far as you know, bringing in a guy like Bridges, I 
I think he improved big time last year. And I think he's only going to get better. I think playing with Luka could make him better. Um, and he like he improved his three point shooting and stuff like that. So, uh, but when you look at like ESPN, you know they have free agency by team, and you know there's when you uh, let me see when you look at Dallas, you know they Trey Burke has a player option, and then it's Brunson and Pinson. It's next year where, or the next offseason is where Dallas has the massive uh, list of guys. You know, it's Boban, Powell, Sterling Brown, and Lakina, Marquise Chris. So, you know, you could put, you know, you could put Burke or Chris in as a filler if you needed to make a move. Um, Golden State. Okay, so Jordan Poole is a restricted free agent next year. Okay, so I want to make sure, get that clear. But, you know, guys like Looney, Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, Iguodala, Damian Lee, Gary Payton II, uh, Toscano Anderson, those guys are unrestricted this year. So that's that's a large list of guys on, uh, on one team. So I, I figured they'll let uh, some of those guys go, like Bielitsa or Porter, you know, and even Damian Lee, especially if you're going to, you know, if you're going to have Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga on rookie deals. So, uh, but, you know, I'm not going to go team by team. I just, you know, looking at certain guys coming in, and, I mean, Dwight Howard's free agent. I just I, I hope Dallas does this right. I hope they're able to bring in somebody. I know every offseason is a you know disappointment. And every offseason the you know Mavs media tries to spin on you know how it wasn't a disappointment. And I, I think the biggest reason there there is a disappointment is because the the front office, especially in and by front office, I usually mean Mark Cuban because he's the one that's most outspoken. He's usually saying, "Oh, we're gonna go get someone," and then that someone ends up being Frank Nilakina, you know. And you're like, "And I know Frank Nilakina helped the team this year, and that was great." But when you trade Harrison Barnes for nothing because you're gonna use that money to go sign something you're really disappointed when you get nothing. I would have rather had Harrison Barnes than nothing. Like, we really, literally traded Harrison Barnes and got nothing in return because maybe, I guess, they signed Seth Curry. or Yeah, Seth Curry with the money. I think they probably could have signed him anyways. I, I think this team could have been exactly as it is, except you would have had Harrison Barnes on the team um, because you, you had Porzingis as well. So, in you know, Porzingis would have turned into uh, Dinwiddie and uh, Bertans. And you, you had Hardaway too. So, 
Now, I do know Harrison Barnes did become a free agent, and he did re-sign with Sacramento for whatever reason, and Sacramento is looking to probably move him at some point. I do think Harrison Barnes is overpaid. I think he's paid way too much for what he gives you. I think he's a good player, but I think he's paid like a great player. And I just... He's, he's a guy who shows up every day, which is important, and he's going to try hard every game, which is important. But I, I do think, you know, he's paid more than Tim Hardaway Jr., and I think he pretty much gives you what Hardaway Jr. gives you. Now, he he's probably a better defender than Hardaway Jr. Not that he's a great defender, but he's a better defender. But, you know, he, he's a quality player to have. I just think he's paid a little bit too much. I do think Harrison Barnes will be on another team next year. Uh, you know, and hopefully he, you know, does end up on another team. When you go in your career, when you go to Sacramento, your career goes to die. You know, that's just kind of how it is. Who knows what Sacramento's doing? Uh, you know, they, I don't think they're going to be any better next year. I don't think De'Aaron Fox is a winning player. And I, I just think they're going to be a bad team. And I don't know why I'm talking about Sacramento, but. As far as the Mavericks go, I, I just hope they can pull off something. I, I don't know what it is that... I, I think the Western Conference final appearance opened some eyes, maybe, to some free agents. I think some free agents look at this and say, you know... And like I said, I know I keep bringing up JaVale McGee. That's kind of silly, right? Because he's not, like, a franchise-changing player. But I look at a guy like JaVale McGee who says who thinks I could start on that team next year. You know, I'm backing up in Phoenix. I could start on that team next year, and we're better than Phoenix, you know. I, Dallas is better than Phoenix. They showed it. They proved it. I know a lot of people felt it was a fluke. The national media people it was, thought it was a fluke. Dallas was better. They showed it. You know, those... They can call Game 7 a fluke. That's fine. You can come up with every excuse in the world for Game 7. But you can't discount Games 3 and 4 and 6. You just can't. You can't discount those games. Dallas blew them out. Dallas won big in all three of those games. That's not a fluke. You don't fluke three blowouts. That's just that's stupid. That's people who are haters. Only haters say stuff like that. They probably called Game 7 a fluke. Fine, whatever. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Dallas was more ready to play. That's just what I believe. Luka was more ready to play. And I, I just think that Dallas is better than Phoenix, and you bring in a guy like JaVale McGee to start, and all of a sudden you can rebound just as well as they can. You know, you figure out how to turn uh, Dinwiddie and Hardaway or Bertans into... Zach Levine, now you got something, you know. So, I don't know. Hopefully hopefully Dallas can figure that out. I, I don't know what kind of relationship a guy like Nico has with Zach Levine. I know some of these guys probably talked to him when they um, joined Nike or signed with Nike. That's when Harrison talked to him. But other than that, uh, you know, I to me that's the only thing he has 
like Nico Harrison really has is the relationships because he doesn't necessarily have the front office experience as far as scouting and stuff like that. They're going to have to rely on scouting. Uh, you know, Finley's been in that job for a few years, so they're going to have to lean on Finley. How good Finley is, I, I don't know. Um, I heard a rumor that Finley was the one who wanted them to draft Brunson. So, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, at least it's better than Haralabobs wanting to draft Josh Green over, you know, guys like Desmond Bain and Tyrese Maxey. So we'll, we'll see. And, you know, the Mavs will get a draft pick. Uh, you know, the 26th pick is usually a guy you need to bring in as a role player. I've seen a few mock drafts for some wings. I saw someone, they put uh, this guy for Auburn, this Walker Kessler. He's like 7-2 center. I, you know, I don't... Man, when I see a guy like him in college blocking shots that that side, I, I don't know. Maybe he's a good backup player. Maybe that's a good second-round pick. I, I've seen mocks where he's actually higher, where he goes in the lower 20s to late teens. I honestly would rather pick a wing player. The you know One of the ones that I saw that I liked was a guy out of Baylor. He's like a 6'8 wing. Uh, he's a shooter, and he's a defender. That's all he does. He shoots, and he defends. He's an athlete. He, you know, you watch a lot of highlights where he cuts to the basket. And that's what I think Dallas really needs is a guy who understands how to cut to the basket. Now, I think he was just a freshman last year. So you would be relying a lot on a guy who's very young, if that is the case. Um, whereas I think that Walker Kessler is a much older player. Um, another guy was, uh, I think, an older player um, from like, Santa Clara or something. He's another wing who's just a defensive 3 and D guy. Uh, he's a shorter wing. One of the things I liked about the Baylor guy was uh, his size. I, I think Dallas needs a bigger wing. I think when they rely on Dorian Finney-Smith to guard, guys like um, Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis, I, I think they get in trouble because they have to put Maxi on those guys because... Dorian doesn't defend those guys very well. To me, Dorian defends centers better than he defends uh, big, like, fours, like, you know, when Anthony Davis plays four, Kawhi Leonard. To me, Dorian Finney-Smith does better against fives than he does against fours because the, the fives are pretty much standing still, and he's just gets in good positions. The The bigger fours, like, you know, Leonard and Anthony Davis, they just back him down, and, and he's just he doesn't have the size. So I... I in all honesty, I'd like to take. I'd like to see if they could get that Baylor guy. Now I have seen mocks where the Baylor guy actually goes um, before Dallas is able to get him. So um, we'll see how that goes. I, like I said, I'm not one who puts together mock drafts. I don't really know enough. I'd just be copying off somebody else. So for me, um, I sort of just look at a bunch of different mock drafts and look to see who I like the most. There was another guy. It was a, a shooting guard from Kansas. I, he didn't interest me at all. Uh, he, he looked like a J.J. Redick type player. 
Um, he is a bit bigger than J.J. Redick. Uh, I want to say he was like 6'6 or something. I don't remember his name, but it, it's easy to find who he is. He's a white guy that played at Kansas. And I, I, I want to say that's pretty much, I think if there was a, 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 a foreign player, a guy from, I want to say, France, a big, that some people felt was a project. I don't think Dallas wants to bring in a project. I don't think Dallas is in project mode because I, I like I said, I, even if even if you're able to bring in a, a, a big, let's just say for instance you get Mobamba or Looney or someone like that, right? Or even like the Javel McGee. I, I think you're you're still a better team. You're gonna have a whole season with Dinwiddie. But you've got to you've got to have that rim protection. I don't know if Mobamba's that guy that's going to protect the rim. I we haven't seen him in that sort of role. You know, he's been in Orlando, a team that's been rebuilding for several years. But um, well, even when they were making the playoffs, they had a, a big in front of them and Vooch. So I, I am you know even if Dallas does add a big, you know. Luca's going to be just that much better. I, I think Brunson, you bring back Brunson, he's going to be that much better. You're going to have a full season of Dinwiddie and Bertans. You're going to have Hardaway back. Dallas is still going to compete. you got to bring in a center. Dallas is still going to be able to compete with all the teams in the West. The biggest thing will be, you know, who they draft. Is there going to be a guy who can contribute? And I think Dallas would rather draft a guy who can contribute over a guy who's a project. Because Dallas isn't in a project situation so uh you know hopefully they're willing to trade um even you know you can still trade the pick after you make it um that's how teams get around it because you can't trade it because they they've already given their next year's pick to new york and the porzingis trade uh so you could trade this pick but only if it's after um, the only reason I want to trade a pick is if I'm getting something of quality in return, you know, like DeAndre Ayton or Zach Levine, you know, uh, something like that. I, I don't want to trade the pick for nothing, you know. Don't trade the pick for uh, a guy, Mobamba, right? So, you know, you, you want to bring in a guy who can help, uh, who could contribute, um, ideally a defender, you know, you you have a good offense. You bring in a three and D guy. That's pretty much what you're looking for on this team. Um, some of the bigs that I had seen, they're going earlier. Uh, like the one from Duke, he's the guy I liked a lot. But I saw you know mocks of him going in the top 15 or whatever. So there's probably no chance of Dallas getting him. But uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, the draft is coming up. Um, just in a couple weeks, it, it'll be here before you know it. Um, the finals is on right now. Um, I'm recording this on Saturday morning, so uh, I did watch the game last night. Uh, the Gold State Warriors did tie up the series. You know, my brother had texted me, and he thought Boston, Boston was up six points, and he just thought it was over. And I was like, dude, there's still like six minutes left. That's two shots for Golden State. Golden State can go on a, a flurry run. And that's what they do. They, they they can hit two or three shots in a row, and you don't even know what hit you. 
And that's sort of what Golden State did. And once they got the lead, they never relinquished it. Uh, Steph was hitting everything. Um, a lot of the other guys on the team, you know, they, uh, as far as, uh, let me see, I, I did have the box score pulled up because I, I was looking at it earlier. You know, there wasn't really, like, I, I thought the biggest mistake that uh, Kerr made was starting Otto Porter. I thought that was a stupid idea. Uh, you could start Otto Porter if Robert Williams is out, but if Robert Williams is playing, why are you starting Otto Porter? You know, Otto, Otto Porter isn't a big, you know, in my mind, even though he's tall, he's at best a three, right? And you're putting him up against a guy like Horford who can play the four and five, and Robert Williams who plays the five. And he just got destroyed. And it didn't take long before they had to bring in Looney. And Looney played 28 minutes and Porter played 14. Porter gave him two points. Um, even Draymond only gave him two points. Draymond had an awful offensive game. Um, he did have nine rebounds, five of them offensively, which is really good. But, um, you know, had eight assists and four steals. So defensively, Draymond was there. It's just offensively. Clay had a rough shooting night. Even though he was 4 for 10 from 3, which 40% is good, um, it always looks worse when a guy misses, you know, he's like 2 for 8, and then all of a sudden he's 4 for 10, you know, and that sort of gets you to a better percentage, and that's kind of what, you know, I don't know if he was 2 for 8 Clay at one point. He could have been, I don't know. But it's just what it looks like when you're watching the game. You know, the guy can't make anything. But... You know, Steph shot 50% from three. He scored 43, had 10 rebounds. Um, he turned it over five times. That's one thing he does do a lot. Uh, but, you know, Clay Thompson only had 18. Wiggins had 17. And somehow he had 16 rebounds. That's kind of incredible to have that many rebounds for Wiggins. But, uh, you know, Jordan Poole was the other guy who, you know, he actually – Scored 14 points, but he shot poorly from three. You know, he was two for seven. But nobody else really did much. Uh, you know, Looney only had six points, but he did come in and get 11 rebounds. That was the problem when they started Otto Porter. They were just getting dominated on the glass. Um, I guess it's it's one of those, It's it makes me laugh because, um, you know, teams make lineup changes when, I think they're desperate. I, I don't know. It, it reminds me of, you know, Dallas and Miami in 2011. After, I guess it was after game three, so game four, J.J. Barea was put in the starting lineup. And I, I almost think that Steve Kerr thought this was going to be his J.J. Barea insert in the lineup, and they go and win three straight. Uh, but... Otto Porter Jr. is not having the postseason that J.J. Barea was having. You know, J.J. Barea was dominating offensively in the entire playoffs. And so it was like, well, we let's put J.J. in the starting lineup and so we can get off to a better start off offensively. And that's what they did, and they won three straight. You know, Otto Porter hasn't been dominating the postseason. You know, I, why he put him in there is makes just clue i have no idea because boston starts two bigs al horford and robert Williams. they, they start two bigs so 
you just I noticed it didn't last long and I'd be willing to bet that he doesn't do it again so I it's funny how Boston I thought had control of this game the entire time and then just the last six minutes or so they just couldn't do it they couldn't keep it in uh, you know Boston is Boston's defense is really what uh, makes them really good. You know, when Dallas played Boston, one of the things they did was they made someone other than Tatum beat them. And they did win both games against Boston this year. Uh, both, I think, were one on game-winning shots. I think Dinwiddie hit one of them and Luka hit the other, but... I thought Dallas played Boston well because, you know, you're you're asking if you stop Tatum, the only really other guys who can put an offense, you know, like dribble the ball and score is Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, and you're gonna just get you're gonna get um, you're gonna get a good game or a bad game from them. You know, they're not like. They're fringe all-star players. You know, Smart could be in an all-star one year, and it wouldn't shock me. And Jalen Brown could be in an all-star one year, and it wouldn't shock me. But they're not guys who are in it every year, you know, like Tatum is. You know, Tatum's going to be in the all-star game every year. And he's pretty much the only one on that team that has one of those guaranteed all-star spots because he is that good. Um, A guy like Al Horford only went for eight points. You know, the other, another game, he had like 26, right? He's he's going to be up and down. Every time Horford has one of those games, everybody talks about how Dallas needs it. And it's like, well, hold on. You, those games are great, but he has a lot of these games where he has 8.6 rebounds. That's, that doesn't impress me, you know, and especially at what he makes. He makes a lot of money. It's, I think he makes over 30 a year. I mean, his contract to me is stupid because of his age and stuff, and he will help you, but... Like I said, he'll help you win one game, but where was he this game? You know, like I said, eight points isn't going to cut it. And, you know, you can't have two starters. You know, that Golden State had two starters score two points. You know, that's like a Dallas. That's like a Mavs uh, stat line. You know, they did, they did get double figures from four players. And Tatum Brown and Marcus Smart and Derek White is a guy who – he can hit some threes and, you know, hit, make some, score some points, but he's not a guy you can rely on every night. Um, you know, he was three for five, which is really good, 60%, but, you know, plus minus on him wasn't that great, but plus minus is dumb. But, uh, you know, Tatum was a one, and Derek White was a minus 19. But when you get down to, like, Peyton Pritchard, you know, Pritchard's not that great of a player. Um, he's one of those guys who might show up and he might hit a few shots and he might help you or he might give you one point like he did last night. One point, one rebound, one turnover. You know, that one point was a free throw. He was 0 for 2. You know, Grant Williams is another guy. He He's more of a defender, Grant Williams is. Now, he did improve his three-point shooting and he did make one, and that was his only point. Um, you know, Golden State's going to give you those shots in the corners, and I guess 
Boston didn't take too much advantage of it in the second half. But, you know, like Robert Williams, he's not a guy who's going to create his own shot, and neither is Al Horford. There's, those are guys that got to be set up. So, I, you know, I really thought Boston was going to win the game until they just couldn't stop Golden State from scoring. And that's how Boston wins games is they shut you down defensively. And they just they weren't able to shut down Golden State. So now it's tied 2-2. If Boston's going to win, they're going to have to win another one in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Golden State got home court advantage back. Uh, they stopped doing the 2-3-2. So the next game is in Golden State. Um, I'm glad they did stop doing the 2-3-2. I, I didn't like that. Uh, it, it's always better. I think the... I think back in uh, the, the 1950s when there might be, a, no, I, I say the 50s, it probably more like the 70s. Back in the 1970s when there was a team on the West Coast for the finals and you didn't want them flying like they fly, you know, they back and forth because, you know, air travel was different, revenue was different. They didn't have the big TV contracts. They didn't have their own planes, stuff like that. I get it doing the two three two, but you know this is twenty twenty two. You can rent a jet plane, and you can put your whole team on it, and you can fly them and be there in three hours, four hours, whatever. And it's not that big a deal. So it needs to go to. I'm glad they went to this format. <coughs> so the game is, I think Monday night. Um, I hate the late starts. They're stupid, but. Um, I feel bad for East Coast people whose team is playing Boston, who the team is playing. It doesn't start till 9 o'clock. But anyhow, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I do think the series will go to all seven. Um, you know, it's it's one of those who's going to show up, you know. Um, are the role players going to show up in Boston, um, score some points? You know, they only scored 97 um, holding Golden State to 107 was good, but it's not good enough. You know, you've got to. We saw even in Dallas, you just you're gonna have to outscore Golden State because they're gonna shoot a lot of three pointers. You know, they shot 34 or 43 of them. Uh, Boston shot 38, and the turnovers were pretty much the same. So, you know, the defensively. Boston's going to have to do better. I don't know what it is, but they're just going to have to do better, and they're going to have to hit their shots. So, uh, you know, they're going to need shots from William. You know, like Dallas needed Maxie to make shots. You know, they're going to need Grant Williams to make shots coming off the bench. You know, Dallas needed um, another guy to come in like Pritchard and hit shots like Dinwiddie. You know, guy to come in, hit shots. And he just didn't do it. So they got the loss. And, you know, that's the defense that Golden State plays. They're going to pack the paint. They're going to give you the open three. And they're going to say, outshoot us. And they just don't think anybody can outshoot them. And, you know, Boston shot a better percentage. But it didn't matter. Uh, they took more. And they made the same amount. You know, they, they both made 15 threes. But... You know, Golden State made them at the right time. So, 
it'll be interesting to see. As far as other news, there's not a lot of stuff going on. Um, obviously, you see um, coaches being hired. Um, I think Charlotte hired a guy. I think they hired, I want to say they hired Brooklyn's old coach, that Atkinson. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I, I thought I, I saw that. Um, but not a lot going on. You know, you, you see things about so-and-so is wanting to move or so-and-so is wanting to leave. I think a lot of that is agent-driven. Um, I think that's what it is with the Bulls. They want the the Bulls to pay the max to Zach Levine, and I, I think Zach Levine is a guy who deserves the max. And I, I think, I, I you know, Chicago... I feel like after Michael Jordan, Chicago's not really a team that spends a lot of money. So I'm curious to see how Chicago plays this. Uh, you know, I don't know if Dinwiddie and Hardaway are good enough to bring back a Zach Levine. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, things like there's rumors like Bradley Bill rumors and stuff. But it's just, you know, there's what's funny is there's a, a video a guy on YouTube that does Mavericks news. Um, I don't want to give any kind of press or, but one of the things that he does is he does these videos on Mavs rumors and their trade rumors, but they're not, they're not trade rumors. They're articles that people wrote about guys Mavs should trade for. There, there's no rumor about it. It's just, oh, this trade would be good for the Mavs, which those articles annoy the heck out of me because they're they're, waste, they're wasted article. Why would I read an article about a trade? It's like reading an article about somebody's fantasy team. I'm not going to read an article about a fake trade and why it's good for this team and why it's good. You could put fake trades together all day long. Those are stupid. You know, I want realistic, um, realistic people. That's why, you know, in the past I... I never talked about Zach Levine because he, it was an unrealistic get. They weren't getting him. He was going to be in Chicago. He wasn't leaving Chicago. But now, I do think Levine is a realistic get. I think he can be had by anyone, the other 29 teams. Even Chicago. He can be had by Chicago, too. I, I think Levine is a gettable player. And so that's why he's the only one I've really talked about. I don't think Bradley Bill is a gettable player. I don't think Dallas has what Washington might want. We can trade him Dinwiddie back, you know. I don't think that's what they want. But I don't think Bill is a gettable player. I don't think Aiton is a gettable player. I think if Phoenix lets him go, I think there are other teams that have the money and maybe the young players or the draft assets to make that trade to get DeAndre Ayton. And I just don't think Dallas is that team. I, I think their best case scenario and pretty much their only case scenario is um, Zach Levine. Now, Rudy Gobert is a guy that could be realistic. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes as far as coaching, who they hire as a coach, what happens with uh, Donovan Mitchell, because if they trade Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert's not being traded. They're going to keep one of those guys. I couldn't imagine them trading Mitchell, but you never know. You know, maybe somebody blows them away with a trade. So maybe they hold on to Gobert and they trade Mitchell. Um, you know, maybe New York offers them something crazy, and you know they get Mitchell. So we'll see how that goes. 
but uh, hopefully, you know, we'll know more later. I, I probably won't do another pod for another week uh, because there's not really a lot to talk about. There's not a lot going on. Um, I was actually on vacation all week this week. It was nice. Um, went out to Las Vegas and stuff. So hopefully, you know, I'll, you know, when the off season comes and, you know, draft comes and free agency comes, I'll put together, uh, more pods maybe a couple a week as opposed to just one but as for now with it being such a slow part of the season i'll I'll probably stick with the one a week until you know unless something major happens so um, i think after the finals is over certain trades can be made i i think you can i i think you can trade before the draft you can trade on draft night so we'll we'll obviously go over stuff like that but uh i probably won't do another one for another week a week so um, if you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast, and I really appreciate it. But uh, until next time, we'll see you later.